Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone welcome to group text my guest today has the market cornered on offbeat lovable and quirky characters zach cherry rose to fame with roles in shows like severance succession and duncanville as well as movies like you hurt my feelings and marvel's shang chi the legend of the ten rings he is also the host which i am so excited about of the great american baking show celebrity holiday now streaming on roku which brings six celebrities across the pond to try their hand at signature technical and showstopper bakes. Zach Cherry, I am so excited. Welcome to Group Text. Hi, thank you for having me. I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but because you've been involved in everything, but your resume is incredibly unique, but you recently celebrated your 36th birthday. Happy birthday. How did you celebrate? Thank you. Um, I celebrated. My wife and I went and and saw a movie. Um, I think we saw we saw the new Fincher movie. Which give it the title because the killer. people the killer. Yeah. Thank you because yeah, people yeah, are gonna yeah. like the who. Yeah. The who. So, what was your best gift? What was your worst gift? And what's the re gift? Uh, you know, I'm actually I'm not a gift guy. So my gift, my wife isn't always so excited about going to the movies with me. So my gift was that she joined me uh, in theaters for, for a movie. So that was the best gift. It was really great. And you can't re-gift that. No, you can't. I, I, if I could, I would try, but yeah. And she, do you, do you get to pick the movie? Yes. Yeah. I picked the movie. That's big. How long have you guys been married? Uh, uh Just over a year, actually. And together for how long? For five six because you know there's always the what movie are we gonna watch debate yes yeah we we definitely that that's a common conversation uh <laughs> between us so i'm assuming there was at least a birthday cupcake uh th- there actually wasn't i really am not a big celebrator i know as someone who uh, hosts a baking show, yeah, I was gonna you say might, <laughs> you might expect me to be more into baked goods, but n- not on special occasions, really. Okay, so you're the host of Great American Baking Show Celebrity Holiday Edition, which is now on Roku. I am a huge fan of that whole franchise. If you were gonna have a cake, which would you have? I'm a big fan of just the classic yellow cake with chocolate frosting that's especially for a birthday cake maybe some sprinkles maybe not depending on um how depending on how special the birthday is <laughs> i i like that i like it i always remember the was it the duncan hines 
and it came with the little thing you could actually cook it in. It was so good. You started as the host in the sixth season of Great American Baking Show. How did you how did how did you get this job? You know, uh it really they just they just reached out and asked if I'd be interested. And I am a, a big fan of as you said, the the whole franchise and it seemed like it would be a lot of fun and it turned out to be true. It, it's, it's been so great to be able to do it. Okay. People who don't watch the, the show don't understand because when they started to bring it to America, I thought this is impossible because yes. Americans will not compete for a cake plate. Right. You will only compete for money. Right. And the way they do the show, my favorite is all this chaos. And then they show like ducklings walking along. Yes. Which or bunnies. Or bunnies. Yeah. So you go all the way over to outside of London to shoot the show. What was it like walking into it being a fan of the show? What was it like walking into that iconic tent? It's it is pretty surreal, especially for the the holiday edition, because it's you know, we shoot it in the summer, but it's all made up with Christmas trees and, you know, wreaths and lights strung up everywhere. And then you have the tent and you've got all the you know, beautifully pastel colored refrigerators and ovens. And then Paul and Prue are there. So it was uh, it was a little bit surreal to kind of walk into the thing you see on television. And the other sort of surreal thing is for real every day after lunch at around like one or two, like 20 or 30 rabbits come out of the woods and just hang out outside the tent every afternoon. It's very it's like a Mary Poppins thing. I know it's it's hilarious because when you look at it, and everyone's so happy. Even the people when they lose are happy. Like, it's crazy to me because, you know, again, in the U.S., we would be screaming. And I mean, we know how our shows go. We'd be screaming and yelling. Yeah, I think part of that is for the bakers. You know, baking is normally such a solitary thing. You're you're in your kitchen. The hot oven's going. You're sweating. And you kind of no one is really around necessarily. But for when they when they all get in the tent, it's for the first time for a lot of them, they get to be around other baking nerds. So they're just very excited to like share tips and like talk about flour mix. Like, ooh, I used 60% this kind of flour and I tried a little of this. So I think that keeps the mood up because it's it's such a fun um room of like-minded people. What I also find confusing personally for me, and I don't know if this happened to you, the metric system. Yes. So do they give the Americans a sort of crash course on the metric system? Also because the you temperature's know, on the oven. Like, I have no idea what they're talking about. The oven is definitely a problem for some of the Americans, especially when they first get there, because it is in, in Celsius and not Fahrenheit, I think. Um, so there's definitely been a few mishaps related to that. For, I think I think everything else, they do use the metric system, and their scales are in the metric system, so... I guess they just have to match it up, but it probably does make it hard when you're used to cooking a recipe back home and you you have a whole different set of tools. I I can't imagine kind of doing that on the fly the way they're able to. I can't do it not on the fly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you I need to I need to Google every time I I measure anything. I'm like, what is a tablespoon and a teaspoon? So now are you a cook? Uh, a little bit. I, I dabble. I'd say that's about as far as, as we could go with that. Yeah, you're ahead of me. Um, okay, so not only did you host the regular person, as I call it, you host, this is your second time yes. with the celebrity edition. 
And yes. which group needs more hand holding? You know, it's funny. Uh, they're they're they are very different groups. The celebrities are certainly less confident about the baking, you know. So, I think they probably need a little more encouraging on that front. They're also, of course, way more comfortable on camera. And sometimes maybe find the camera when they should be uh, focusing on their oven. So they might need a little help uh, being brought back to the task at hand. Do you help them do that? Or do the producers go like start pointing? You know, honestly, if anything, I <laughs> I'm more of a I'm I provide more chaos than help. I think, I unfortunately, say. see, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be able to, to do either jobs to be 100 percent because a am a terrible baker. And I love they all say I've never baked anything and you're like yeah you have um yeah you know, they all turn out pretty good yeah suddenly someone who says i've never baked in my life can make fondant right you know or fondant yeah. whatever it's freaking called i can't at all yep uh, i i think they they often uh underestimate their own abilities when they're when they're uh, introducing their baking skills so this year the contestants are Phoebe Robinson, host of the podcast Two Dope Queens, Ego Odom from Saturday Night Live, DeAndre Jordan of the Denver Nuggets, who cracked me up, Arturo He's Castro great. from Broad City, Joel McHale, who I've known for a thousand years from E! and Community, and someone I think is hilarious, comedian Heather McMahon, who was recently a guest on this podcast. So here's this group. Who were you most afraid was going to set the tent on fire? <laughs> um. On purpose, Joel. Oh, on purpose, Joel. Uh, By accident? Yes. By accident? Um, I don't know. They were all... <laughs> it, Joel Joel was the most interested in um, <laughs> intentionally antagonizing us. <laughs> uh, and I think he also maybe was the least confident baker. So maybe Joel for both. That would be a safe answer. I would have picked Joel yeah. for both, too. Yeah. Who was the most proficient or surprisingly proficient? Because for me... DeAndre DeAndre really surprised me because he, not only was he baking, which he's, he's not, you know, a very, he doesn't bake very often, but both of his recipes that he was able to choose, he baked vegan uh, desserts. And that's like a whole other level of difficulty and to get the textures right. And he he did a great job, which was pretty amazing. Um, I had Paul and Prue also on the podcast, and I didn't ask them this question. So I'm going to ask you, what do you do when you're not walking around the tent talking to contestants or in Paul's case, sort of glaring at them? <laughs> um, you know, the world is our oyster when when we're not needed in the tent. I personally bring a book uh, and or I bring a, an iPad, maybe catch up on some shows, you know. Because they're in there for a long time. They're baking. Some of the bakes take like four hours and we can't bother them the entire time. They need a little time to concentrate. So they kind of usher us away and we're off to our own devices. Is I know that Paul, well, I found Prue when I was interviewing her more intimidating than Paul. But Paul comes up much more intimidating, obviously, in the tent. Did you find yeah, it's that? It's funny. I, I, I can definitely, I definitely can. I get that because Prue is such an impressive, like confident force. When you meet her, you're like, whoa, she really like knows what's going on. And when you see Paul on the show, he is quite intimidating, but in real life, and maybe he wouldn't want me saying this, but he's, he's kind of a nice guy. Yeah. He's a little um, bit goofy. 
Yeah, yeah. He's they were both very welcoming, especially they've been doing it for so long. And, you know, I came in very new to it. So um, I found them both very sweet, but also uh, intimidating, certainly in their level of like expertise and confidence. Well, and if you were a fan of the show, you're like, holy crap, it's Paul and Prue. Totally. And he stares at you and you're like, ah, yes, he he does. He can turn on like. When you're just talking to him, he's he's much more pleasant. But when he's ready to to kind of turn up the heat on you, he has like a special look he can give. Which is terrifying. Um, is anyone allowed? Were you allowed? Not that I'm you know, after we've been chatting, I'm thinking maybe you weren't the right person to ask for help. But off to the side, especially in the celebrity edition, are people given hints? You know, I think actually the hosts because of our lack of expertise, <laughs> I don't, I think we would be allowed to give hints. Um, and there have been times when bakers have asked me questions, but I, I certainly don't really have answers. I, I understand. Neither would I. So I want to talk though about your acting career. You seem to literally be every, everywhere. I mean, did you realize you're probably one of the only actors out there who is leading roles and shows on every streaming platform? Um, I, I have been very lucky to be involved in a in a lot of different things, yeah. You Because you're an East Coast guy, you were born in New Jersey, and you went to, which I found kind of an odd match, Amherst. I did, yeah. How did you end up at Amherst? Uh, you know, I, I went to a small school. I went to a, like a small high school where I actually started there in first grade. So I was at the same school from first through graduation in high school very small community. So I, I was kind of looking for, I, I thought I wasn't, uh, I don't think I would do well at a huge institution. So Amherst felt like an appropriate kind of size for me. That was like a big part of my thinking. And I liked being on the East coast. My family's all here. Um, and I also remember when I went and visited, they had a big hill that you could sled down on uh, lunch trays. And that was a big selling point for me at the time. It's so funny. Cause uh, my son, we toured Amherst mm. and we also spent a weekend there at a lacrosse recruiting weekend. And God, that school is beautiful. It re- it really is. Yeah, it is. It is spectacular. And I know the whole little town. Um, you became part of Upright Citizens Brigade, which for people who don't know, is one of the best improv troops around. Um, in what part of your business have you found the improv training the most useful Definitely for this job, um, because in terms of just talking to the bakers, that's really all it is. It's just it's helped me feel confident um, doing things without a script. And that's that's really what, you know, 80 percent of the job on the baking show is. But also definitely in my scripted work in terms of just feeling comfortable, feeling loose, uh, especially when I get to do comedy shows, they often let you kind of play around a little bit with the words and that's always helpful. Um, and also just getting, getting used to um, being someone else, you know, like when you do improv, you get to play like 70 characters in an hour. Whereas uh, on other things that might take you, it might take you 20 years to get that many jobs. So just like the amount of reps you get doing improv has been really helpful. Well, you bring up like 70 different characters, when does your agent see a breakdown and say, oh, this is perfect for Zach? I mean, I, I can only imagine that you get so many 
different looks, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I, I, I really don't know, but I definitely do audition for things where upon reading the script, I look at it and I go, well, the, the description of this character is nothing, nothing like me. So I, I do often end up uh, getting parts that didn't necessarily have me in mind from the beginning. Because I would think, because literally you are across the board, like at least starts Dylan and Severance, which is so highbrow and so brilliant. You don't know if you're watching a comedy or a thriller. I mean, when you read the script, did you say, huh? Like I, like I would have been like, what? And how did you find that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so, it is bit. so Mr. Amherst highbrow, by the way, which on a different <laughs> level answers the first part of the question. I, I would say for the most part, I just, I just trust uh, the other collaborators and kind of, um, you know, just take a swing and, and hope it works, basically. I mean, you walk onto set, you've got heavy hitters like Patricia Arquette, Christopher Walken, John Turturro. At one point, you have to have been intimidated. I mean, these are household names. Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually also something I think that improv helps with is um, when I do perform, especially with improv, I almost kind of black out. Um, awesome. And if, you, if, you, if you talk to me after a show and go like, oh, hey, that scene was so funny, I'll kind of go, "What? wait, what scene? You know, like, you, I just kind of get into this zone. And so... Um, even on set, I'm able to do that a little bit of just kind of here I am, you know, the the real world implications of who these people are. I can pause them for a moment. And then when I get home and talk to my wife, I go, oh, my God, I was, you know, I was there with this person today. And and that's kind of when I'm able to freak out a little bit because I I freak out. I yeah. And you tr I try and stay very calm, like in interviews or or, you know, I remember like one of the first times I interviewed Tom Cruise, I'm like, just breathe your way through this. <laughs> You're cool. And I go back and look and I so wasn't. That's like funny. I so but wasn't. I, 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 I don't have the opportunity often to go back and look at, at my first meeting. Um, so maybe I'm not playing it as cool as I think I am, but in, in my head, it's cool until I get home or sometimes at the end of a project, I'll kind of admit to someone, I'll be like, hey, by the way, like, I'm a huge, huge fan. Like, with John Turturro, I'm a huge uh, Monk fan, which which he appeared on a couple episodes on. And I, I'd i say there's a chance I talk to him about Monk more than anyone else has ever talked to him about Monk. Once I kind of opened the door on that, I just talked his ear off. Oh, I, I get that completely, because you just want to know about your favorite show. So... Upright Citizen Braid, comedy, the whole thing. Then you get to work with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's a freaking genius. Agreed. That had to be, on, on uh, You Hurt My Feelings, that had to be intimidating. Well, you know, another sort of lucky moment. I didn't, I don't have any scenes with her, but she was there on set, but I don't think she, she was not there like right away. I kind of <laughs> got to start the day kind of, without being intimidated, but yes, she definitely is someone who uh, is like, it's almost unbelievable how many incredible performances she's given. So she is certainly someone who I was like 
secretly geeking out about yeah. while I was while I was there. See, my whole thing is, oh God, are they judging me? Do they think I'm good? Oh my God, what if I screw up? What if they think I'm terrible? Oh my God, their opinion means so much. And that I mean, I literally, I have, and especially for me, for some reason, sports figures. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I guess I just, luckily that doesn't often enter my mind until the end of the day. So I just like get lucky. And then I go home and go, Oh, I wonder if I was cool today, <laughs> but in the moment, I'm usually okay. I, I wish I was. So you're also part of MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you go from, and I know improv helps in everything, but like comedy and sort of these intense roles in, in severance, and then they throw you in front of a green screen. That's a whole different skill set. Did you, Yeah. how did you figure that one out? Because I would be looking all over. I know you like look at the little dots and this, but that's got to be so incredibly difficult and the amount of focus it must take. I, I don't have that kind of focus. Yeah, it, it's definitely a whole different thing. And, and you predicted correctly, the improv is actually a huge part of that because when you are doing improv, you're, you're imagining everything like, there is no set, there is no props, but you're doing scenes where to you, these things exist. So in that situation, it actually was uniquely helpful to have all that kind of accidental training with pretending that things are there. But still it has to be, I mean, I just can't imagine the brain power it takes because it is so vastly different. Totally. I mean, and I also I didn't interact with any characters who were who were green screened. So it was all real actors. So that obviously makes it a lot easier. You can just, you know, look at the person in front of you and kind of uh, engage with them. I do think I would struggle acting with a tennis ball. You know, like you hear about all those people who there's no one even there. It's just them. It's like it's a tennis ball or. Yeah, exactly. It's a tennis ball attached to a to a stick or whatever. I do think that would be difficult. That's that's maybe my next challenge. So you were in the second season of Succession. And you got to work with Karen. The show was already hot. And you're in this role that's such a pivotal scene. Were you already a fan? And did you realize the juggernaut it was on its way to becoming? I was definitely a fan of the first season. I I will say no. I, I don't think I could have predicted, like, uh, you know, exactly how... Because I think the show, that show sort of, you know, it, it every episode you watched kind of it got deeper and, you know, more interesting and all these kind of things, so... But the writing, um, the writing was always brilliant. Yes, the writing was amazing. And that, that... Um, uh, makes it so much easier to do the job as an actor to just like show up and have good words for you. Um, so they definitely, it definitely made it easier. So they've talked about how much they improvised on that show. Was Karen and were you guys confident enough in the second season to be able to let loose? Yeah, they did. We did improvise. We kind of improvised quite a bit. I don't think they ended up using any of it really. Um, but it, it definitely allowed me to be more kind of comfortable and 
you know, figure out the character a little bit. And also I think it helped, you know, develop a, a rapport between us. Um, so even though almost none of it, I think made it into the final cut, it was very useful to kind of have that looseness on set. Who has been your favorite improv partner? Uh, that's a tough, that's a, some... that's a tough one. Okay. Give me your top four or five. Well, I'll say that, you know, there's a, there's a show I do in New York on Sunday nights. It's, it's a group of people who all used to perform at UCB. The show used to be called Ask Cat and we kind of do a new version of that. And the person who probably uh, makes me laugh the hardest, the most is Connor Ratliff. He's, he's the host of the podcast dead eyes. Um, and he's such a, just like uniquely uh, brilliant improviser that even though I've done probably hundreds of shows with him, I'm still consistently surprised almost every time he does something. That's amazing and that you have the opportunity to work with someone for that long and who also gets you, yeah. so to speak, that you have that magical timing with. Um, what do you do when you aren't going to the movies for your birthday or working? Because you work a ton. And like a lot of people, when you're not working, you're still uh, keeping your, I hate this word, instrument tuned Sure. Um, which is such a horrible state saying um, to by working on Sundays and like my mom, whenever she was in New York, would always get up and go do some stand up in a club. Yeah. Like, how do you find yeah, the time I mean, to I, do that? The uh, the improv stuff it, when I'm when I'm like shooting a season of something, it's definitely I don't do it as often um, because it is you know, the shows are late at night and it, it, it ends up being a little too much, but I, I definitely, when I have the time, always try and perform as much as I can. Cause it's just so fun. It's, you know, it's, I, I was doing it. I started doing it in middle school maybe. And it's something that I've always done that almost in my mind had nothing to do with the industry or career. It was just like something I love to do. So uh, that's definitely something that I, keep doing whenever I have the opportunity. And luckily uh, in New York, there's just so many opportunities to, to get up and do shows. Okay. So you just had a birthday. Do you ever get to look, do you ever look back and say, how lucky am I that something that I've adored doing since middle school, they allow me to make a living at. I do actually think about that uh, quite often. Um, Cause I, you know, I had a, I had a day job, desk job. I was like an office manager until it wasn't even that long ago that I stopped doing that. Uh, maybe five years ago. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah. I was already appearing in things and, you know, but it was just kind of here and there. It was guest spots and, um, you know, one-off roles. Uh, but then finally I was able to like leave that job. And I do, I do. I am able to kind of appreciate that quite, quite often. What was the worst? See, that's what I'm saying is you're so prolific and, and, and are working all the time that it seems strange to me that you had a desk job or surprising me that you had a desk job until five years ago. Yeah. I mean, time, time is a little hard to track now. I, after the, the sort of COVID pause and now the strike pause, it's hard for me to keep track of everything, but I think it was, I think it was like 20, 18 when I finally uh, left my, my day job. That's crazy. Yeah. Your parents are finally like, 
okay, our the money paid for our educate for his education at Amherst, it was not for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, funny enough, they were always they were always very supportive of pursuing the creative arts. Like they knew kind of that was my plan, but they were also pretty insistent on, um, on doing the education thing first. What was your major? I majored in law jurisprudence and social thought, which <laughs> I, I think is a major that, that only exists at Amherst. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's you know it's almost a parody of a liberal arts it, um, that that is a parody of a liberal yeah. arts degree. Um, yeah. So I guess you're the person to call when you get arrested. I mean, do you <laughs> no, I'm very much not. I'm the person to call if you want to go like, what is law, <laughs> and have a have a two hour conversation about it. How did you shoot? I mean, I was a European history major. Because I had the enough, cre- I had the most credits to that when I had to figure it out. Like yep, you know, that is almost exactly how I <laughs> how I ended up majoring in that. I kind of took a lot of different things my freshman and sophomore year, and then I, they were like, "You got to pick." So I I just picked that one. It's fascinating, though. Yeah, I it, I I always really enjoyed my classes. It was very interesting, uh, but yes, very much the type of thing that people joke about you doing yeah. on a liberal arts campus. Were you a good student? Um, in college, not so much <laughs> um, on my way to get there very much, but, but uh, no, in college, not so much. I, in fact, I remember one time I had a math exam and I was not prepared at all. And instead of even giving me a grade, the t- the professor just wrote "yikes" on top of the, on top of the paper. <laughs> I um, yeah, I I get that. I I want. I always think to myself, what they never tell you when you're in college is that unless you're going to law school or medical school, your GPA doesn't mean shit. Yeah, and I was always pretty sure this was the plan for me. <laughs> so. I, it didn't stress me out too much when I when I would get a yikes here and there. That's brilliant. Before I let you go, we're going to play a little game. We're going to play a little game that's based on the great American baking show, which, again, you shoot in London, outside of London. Mm-hmm. So it's a game called This or That Great American Baking Show Edition. So I'm assuming you've had a chance to try some British delicacies, which are Uniquely disgusting. So I'm going to read some British dishes and you tell me which you would prefer to eat. Okay. Fish and chips or shepherd's pie? Uh, you know, shepherd's pie. I actually have a unique place in my heart for shepherd's pie. I love a good anything mashed potato base. So I'll go shepherd's pie. Porridge or full English breakfast. And let me just define full English breakfast. Baked beans, toast, tomatoes, sausage, eggs, and whatever else Gordon Ramsay decides to put on your plate. <laughs> um, I'll go porridge. The, the full English breakfast is uh, a pretty heavy way to start the morning. Okay, Cadbury Crunchy or Nestle Yorkie, whose Ooh. slogan, by the way, is a solid chocolate bar whose slogan is not for girls. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes. Um, they seem to be, I guess, targeting me. Um, <laughs> but but you know what? I'm not going to let the marketing win. I'm going to go with, with the other one. 
Nestle Yorkie or Cadbury yeah. Crunch? Nestle Yorkie. Okay. Battenberg cake or spotted dick? Okay. I don't know what a spotted dick is. I oh, do allow know- me. Allow me. Okay. Boiled pudding with raisins or sultanas, which they're called over there. Oh, that actually sounds not bad. Uh, that's much more appetizing than spotted dick. Uh, uh, no, that is spotted dick, well, not yes, a Battenberg but, cake. But the the, the marketing oh. team for spotted dick needs to make some changes. I will still go Battenberg cake. We we did. Uh, there was a Battenberg cake based um, thing this season, so I, I'm familiar with those, and they're very great. Okay, now we're going to go a completely different way. Black pudding or stargazy pie? What's stargazy pie? Black pudding I'm not a fan of. Okay, which is sausage made from pork and beef blood. Yeah. Which is weird because spotted dick is actually a sweet and black pudding is actually savory. Yeah, switch those names. Yeah, or stargazy pie, which is fish, potatoes, eggs, covered by a pastry crust, but the fish head is sticking out. Oh, yeah, I have seen those. You know, I think uh, I would br- I would bring my lunch from home for, for that day. <laughs> I would so, tap out. Yeah, I, I would, too. So what's next? Uh, who knows? Hopefully more exciting stuff. I really do. I just I just like working on a variety of cool, different things, new challenges. So so who knows? Well, it has been a pleasure getting to know you, Zach Cherry. Great American Baking Show Celebrity Holiday Edition is streaming now on Roku. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Media Production.